0: Welcome to the Razor's Inc. Podcast with your host, Jonathan Farini. Would you spend a dollar to make a million dollars? For most of us, the reward outweighs the risk. Now, would you spend a dollar if the reward was meaning that one in a million individual who will likely break your heart? The answer becomes problematic. So pour yourself a drink, pull up a chair, and hear Jonathan's take on movies, television, and today that one in a million. Here's your host, Jonathan Farini.
1: I'm going to talk about a song that has been tapping me on the shoulders now. I just did the math and I can't believe it. It's been 41 years. I'll hear it and it will just tweak my writer's imagination that I will be attracted to it. I will enjoy it. It will invite me into an analysis of it, but I never did it until now, and I want to share it with you. And I guess the moral of the podcast is this. Sometimes when we're listening to music, when we're reading literature, when we're watching visual media, we can't take what we're seeing or listening at face value. If it hits you between the eyes, if it causes that reflex emotion, emotionally, psychologically, if it just creates that double take in you, I'm inviting you to go back and look at it. Deconstruct it. If it's lyrics, print the lyrics out and read them. Stanza by stanza, paragraph by paragraph, just like I'm going to tell you I did with this particular uh, piece we're going to talk about. That's the purpose of this podcast, and I wanted to share it with you because after 41 years, this song, One in a Million Girl, came out in 1983 by The Tubes, uh, tapped me on the shoulder just, just recently, and I had to take a look at it. I've been ignoring it for almost half a century And here I am talking about it. So let's let's dive into it here. Listen, by by way of introduction, did I buy a Tubes album? No, I did not. Could I tell you anything about the Tubes? No. Could I even associate this song, One in a Million Girl with the Tubes? No, No, I couldn't. So for this to have an effect on me and to cause me to want to describe it, in detail, should tell you something. Because I'm coming at it without a bias. Really, I am. So let's, let's dive into it. 1983, The Tubes. Let's call out the songwriters first. I have said in another podcast that writing lyrics is the calculus of writing. It's writing poetry and then adding chords and notes to it. It, 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 to me, and it's just my personal opinion, it's the most difficult writing there is. Written by David Foster, <laughs> a guy named Fee Waybill. That's not his real name. Fee Waybill is just brilliant. I like the guy already. And uh, Stephen Lee Lucky there I believe is the pronunciation. It's called She's a Beauty, and I printed the lyrics out. So what I would ask you to do, if you want to follow along in this, is... You could listen to the song, uh, maybe get it on YouTube, but get the lyrics with it. But, but it's even better if you print the lyrics out and you follow my analysis of this with the printed lyrics. I'm going to touch upon a lot of different subjects that this song lyrics suggest. On the surface, you can make your own supposition about what it's about. And if you cheat and you go do some research before you listen to this podcast you will find out the genesis of the song. But that's not the purpose of this, is to guess what uh, they're writing about. It's really to, to try to understand, number one, why would it catch somebody's attention over 41 years and cause somebody to really look at the lyrics in depth? And this has happened to me before. I don't take analyzing other people's lyrics or writing um It's very serious to me, and I often don't do it. So when I do it, it's because it really touched me. I've written 70-plus stories and poems. I know of what I speak. I've watched a lot of movies since the 1960s and watched them over and over again. So I believe I am qualified to analyze these lyrics and share my takes with you. That's all I'm doing. You can agree with me, disagree, but what I'm hoping you will do is you will go find your own examples of that lyric, that song that's been tapping you on the shoulder and then go in and analyze it. Let's deconstruct it together and then reconstruct it and see, see if you come away with a different evaluation of it like I did with this. You can look inside another world. She's everything you dream about, unquote. What they're doing is they're they're creating a dream state, a magic, surreal environment in which to understand this story. The second stanza, she's one in a million girls, quote, she's one in a million girls. In the third stanza, she'll give you every penny's worth, but it will cost you a dollar first. There's this quantification of you taking the chance of falling in love. When you quantify it, just the human brain automatically puts a value on it. So we're in this dream state, we're in this magic surreal world And we know that by entering it, there is a value, a cost to it. And then in the third stanza, we're introduced, quote, you can step outside your little world. Again, this dream state, this suggestion that perhaps your world is small. And by paying the price, that quantification I was telling you about, you will get a larger reward. Back in the third stanza is the warning. But don't fall in love, unquote. Don't fall in love. Fifth stanza. But don't fall in love. Because if you do, you'll find out She don't love you, unquote. There's the paradox. That's the price, the quantification of entering this dream world. The other thing that comes through very strongly is that, but don't fall in love, unquote. It's a warning and it suggests this father-like, this Dutch uncle, this best friend, this confidant that you might have, this person that you trust, is giving you this warning that's very important. Um, These lyrics are almost of Greek or Roman mythology to me. You have a wise person who's setting up this paradox for you and warning you against it. It's like the clarion call of seafarers. It's like discovering that genie in the bottle. There was a Twilight Zone, if you'll remember. Somebody finds a bottle in a trash can. They open it up and this genie appears and you can have any wish you want, but it was quantified. I believe you could only have three wishes or ten wishes. It doesn't really matter, but there was a quantification on the number of wishes that you can have. And if you recall the episode, it was a shopkeeper and his wife. And (laughs) they ended up corking that bottle and putting the bottle back in the trash can because when they went down that journey with the genie, it uh, was not a happy one. But what this suggests is this advice could come from that stranger sitting next to you on a bus, that stranger sitting next to you on a plane, that stranger sitting next to you on a bar stool in a dive bar setting up this story, talking about, hey, be careful, she's one in a million girl. And if you fall in love, you're going to find out she don't love you. It could be any one of those people. And all of you have had those examples where you've met somebody unexpectedly and they imparted wisdom to you, advice to you. Yes, oftentimes it's a trusted family member, but it's often more salient. Because it's random when it comes from a stranger. And each one of you I know will have an episode in your life where you had that encounter. Where you were told a story and you're given a warning. Or you're given some advice. And you go back to that over and over and over again. And then repeatedly throughout this, in the second stanza, quote, why would I lie? why would I lie? Fourth stanza, it's repeated, why would I lie? Why would I lie? Fifth stanza, why would I lie? Now, why would I lie? It's this almost devilish encounter that you have with somebody that you want to trust, that perhaps you shouldn't trust. And this person is inviting you into this encounter, reaffirming that, You should trust them, but perhaps your instincts tell you that you shouldn't. Okay, what we've talked about is a song that came out in 83. Whatever you think about the music of that genre, whatever you think about these lyrics, whatever you think about my analysis of this, am I reading too much into it, am I not? I want to take you to some other examples in literature where the authors allude to the price of love. That's what I contend these lyrics are about, One in a Million Girl. It's about the price of love, taking a chance, stepping outside your comfort zone. Let's talk about these other authors. John Steinbeck. If it is right, it happens. The main thing is not to hurry. Nothing good gets away. William Faulkner. You don't love because you love despite not for the virtues, but despite the faults. Here's Stephen King in a um, story called Wizard in Glass. I just took a snippet. As with any other strong drug, true first love is really only interesting to those who have become its prisoners. And, as is true of any other strong An addicting drug. True first love is dangerous. Stephen King is on the same wavelength as one in a million girl. I just see it. Here's another one. I was about half in love with her by the time we sat down. That's the thing about girls. Every time they do something pretty, you fall half in love with them. And then you never know where the hell you are. Catcher in the Rye. I invite you to print out these lyrics, listen to the song a few times, and don't judge it. Just don't judge it. See if it talks to you the same way. But more importantly, think about other lyrics that have come and gone through your ears over the decades. Maybe you never bought the the album. Maybe you just wrote it off because you didn't care for the group. But there's probably one that comes back to you time and again and taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, I'm revealing myself. Take a look at me, please. In conclusion, ladies, this song is for you too. Why, Jonathan? All it seems to be is this male testosterone-driven tune. No, just change her to him throughout the song. And the song is for you as well. So with that being said, until we meet again, leave behind a soft footprint, and class is dismissed.
0: And to think, all this time, I thought the song was about a boy's first visit to a peep show. You've been listening to the Razors, Inc. podcast with Jonathan Farini. Be sure to check out Jonathan's collection of fiction at the Jonathan B. Farini Story Collection at jonathanfarini.com. There you'll find everything from drama to romance, something for every reader. That's JonathanFarini.com, Farini with two R's, one N. Or drop an email to RazorsIncPodcast at gmail.com.